0: At loveisrael.org. That's one word loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: God is indeed a God who is compassionate. And we have a most excellent example of that tonight in the brief chapter that we're going to study. So, with that said, take out your Bible. And look with me to Sefer Yehoshua, the book of Joshua, and we're ready for chapter 20. Now this 20th chapter, a brief chapter, only nine verses, but it deals with one and only one subject. And that's what's known as cities of refuge. Now, what is the purpose of these cities of refuge? What is God teaching us? In regard to the cities and why they exist and who are the the residents of these cities by and large well to answer those few questions and to deal with other information concerning this issue take out your bible and look with me to that chapter in the book of joshua chapter 20. notice how it begins and the lord spoke to yahshua to joshua saying verse 2 speak (coughs) to the children of israel saying appoint for yourselves now this word appoint means to set to give to cause to become a reality and notice it says for yourselves now this is for a community to function in a godly way So this is for the well-being of society. And notice what he says. Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, which I have spoken unto you through Moses. Literally, Bayat Moshe, which means in the hand of Moses, speaking of the authority of Moses. This is not the first time this issue has, has been spoken of. Moses taught the children of Israel this, where? Well, in the book of Numbers, for example, Numbers chapter 35, and also in the book of Deuteronomy and chapter 19. So two very significant places, again, Numbers chapter 35 and Deuteronomy chapter 19, where Moses gave instructions, and some, not all, but, but a portion of these instructions from these two chapters are going to be found in our chapter tonight so look again chapter 20 the book of joshua let's continue now with verse three what are these cities of refuge in hebrew are a they are places of shelter and why is there a need for shelter for what purpose what is the issue well verse three begins to inform us it says here to flee towards there and who fleets the murderer now this shows that that God is a God of justice and this is foundational when we look at this issue we have the word which is a murderer but here it's simply taking a life and we don't know why The Bible does not say, thou shall not kill. That is a mistranslation. It says, thou shall not murder. It's this word. And what it's speaking about here is taking a life in an inappropriate way. Sometimes it is appropriate. Sometimes it is necessary. It's rare. It's not something that an individual by and large decides for himself but at times due to circumstances one has to act sometimes to take a life in order to save a life and we see police officers doing this and we see military people doing this at time they're not murderers and here we're dealing with a different situation let's see it unfolded look again at verse 3 to flee there the murder And what does it mean, murderer? Word tells us. ma'ke nefesh, someone who has struck a soul. This means have given a death blow to an individual. So, Rotzech, a murderer, here in this context, one who has taken a life. And at this time, it's not known whether it's just or unjust. And therefore, he flees to these cities of refuge. But here notice what it says who has struck a life killed someone and it says bishgaga bishgaga means without intent here we keep reading it says Bibli dot that is without knowledge now what the scripture is saying is this he did not have an intent it was not his desire he did not purposely with knowledge take a life but that doesn't mean that he is absolutely innocent that has yet to be determined and this is one of the reasons we'll see in a moment for these cities of refuge that someone is is dead and there needs to be an investigation now there's another very important part of of this verse look at the end of verse four that there should be for you cities a refuge cities of refuge a shelter from the redeemer of the blood now what's it talking about here well when someone is killed we say blood was shed and that blood needs to be dealt with there needs to be, in the word here, for the Redeemer of the blood, that blood needs to be avenged. It needs to be dealt with. There's disorder here. Things are not right. So there's someone who's called the Goel, the Redeemer of the blood. And what is this Redeemer going to want to do? Well, he is going to want to atone for that death by killing the rozeach killing the murderer but we see here that this one who has done so bishkaga without intent without knowledge he did not want this was not his purpose he's able to flee to these cities of refuge these ra miklat. and notice what it says look at verse four and he will flee to one of these cities now it's not by chance but we're going to see that there are six cities three on the western side of the jordan river and three in the eastern portion of the the side of the jordan river where the tribes of Reuben and god and the half tribe Manasseh where they reside so six and i've shared with you six is a number of grace and therefore god is extending grace through these cities of refuge that a person who has taken a life he has murdered now we use the word murder but in legalities we know that there's are different terms murder homicide uh uh, different things that describe the taking of life In hebrew we have a very generic one wrote someone who takes a life and that person who has been killed ought not be put to death there was no just cause for that but the one who took the life did not intend he had no knowledge it was not his purpose to do that so what can he do well look at verse 4 again he will flee to one from these cities and he will stand at the door of the gate of the city now I've shared with you many times that the gate of a city is for judgment so this one he believes that he is is not a murder in the sense that he did not kill with intent it was an accident but one that has some type of responsibility now we know today that sometimes people through an accident someone dies it might be a loved one we know some people that the father of course he loves his daughter so much and she was so small and a tragedy happened he he was backing up he ran over his three-year-old daughter now of course it was an accident he had no intent to do it but that doesn't mean that there's not culpability that there's not responsibility that person has to be dealt with and this is what is the message of the cities of refuge he did not intend to if he intended to he would be a murderer and we would not have the phrase Bishkaga, a murderer without intent. We wouldn't have that. He would be a cold-blooded killer. A cold-blooded killer is not allowed refuge in one of these cities. But in order to determine what he is, what he has done, and if he's entitled to refuge there, shelter, it says here, notice the scripture, verse, verse 4. He goes to one of these cities, flees there, and he will stand at the door of the gate of the city, and he will speak into the ears of the elders of that city his words, meaning he will give an account what happened to see if in actuality that taking of the life was indeed Bishkaga by by an action without intent. An accident, but there's no accident which means, well, it's a terrible thing, but just continue on with your life. The Bible doesn't have a, an example of that. Even if it's an accident, there's still responsibility. That act that, that one did without intent still requires a, a, a payment. And we'll talk about what that is in a moment. It says that he will stand at the door of the gate of the city and he will do something. He will speak into the ears of the elders of that city his words, what, what his rendition is. And they will gather him into the city unto them. And they will give to him a place and he will dwell with them. Now, if in actuality, and this is the intent, if the judges reach the conclusion, yes, this one is guilty of taking a life, wrote But he did so Bishkaga without intent. Beli dot without knowledge, it was never his intent. He did not do so with any type of purpose. That's what it means, belidat, without knowledge, without a purpose. It is something that took place. He has a degree of accountability, responsibility, and if indeed that he is a rotzeach bishkaga, a murderer without intent, what happens? Well, remember what it says. They will gather him into the city unto them, they'll give him a place there and he will dwell with them now part of his punishment is this in these cities of refuge they were not normal cities what i mean by that is these cities of refuge now we're going to come across a few of them but they were primarily of of places where the levites were all of them no but a portion, and we find that they would be brought into a neighborhood where it was very different. (coughs) They did not live a normal life. Their families could not come and live with them. They were isolated. So even though they weren't allowed to be killed by Guel Hadam, the avenger of the blood, that redeemer, It wasn't a a simple and normal experience. It wasn't simply that they moved from one place to another and their family came and they went to work. They had a very different type of existence. We'll see this. Verse 5. And because the Redeemer of blood that he will pursue after him so this one of the family, and usually the Redeemer is a family member, he will want to avenge that death. But he cannot do so in the cities of refuge. He is not allowed in there for that purpose. And they will not uh, deliver him over to uh, his hand. They won't deliver the rotzeach, the murderer, into his hand. That is the Redeemer, the avenger. Why? because without knowledge he struck his neighbor he did not do it with intent this was not his purpose now we can look at examples that the torah gives of one uh, chopping wood with an axe and we can see that even though there was no intent it's an accident depending upon certain things there's a greater sense of responsibility. For example, we have the example of one chopping wood and what the Mishnah says, it gives a help to understand it. This is how Jewish law works. It gives a principle. Yirida, Chova, Avow. If it's in the not yurida going down but going up aliyah. then it's not what does that mean well there's some different interpretations but here's what i would share with you if you're chopping wood and you see someone coming towards you if you're in the downward motion it would go forward so being responsible is this if you're in the downward, you're going, you don't do that because the axe head does fly off at times. If you're in the upward, well, then you don't see what's behind you. The axe head would go behind you and you can't see. This is the accident. It still has responsibility. Meaning this one still has to go to the city of refuge because of why? because he did it without intent if it's in a downward motion well then he is guilty he may not have intended but he is responsible because he did not stop now let me just share with you that that these principles have been used in courts of law outside a rabbinical court but they're so logical it tells us that if we put something in motion then we're responsible for the results we may never have intended for that to happen let me give you an example someone may be a police officer he fires his weapon and the situation caused cause there was cause for him to do that but he was careless and he shot and that bullet missed the target just barely and it hit another person it carried on well this would be a good example of someone who never intended he didn't even know maybe didn't even see but if he couldn't see then he should not have taken the shot it's not an accident where we just simply say there's no responsibility if you put something into motion you are responsible for the consequences of that so this has a greater sense of responsibility you put something in motion this way you are responsible that's not bleed it's only when a different example is that this person is running and he's getting ready to fire and he trips and he falls and the gun goes off well it was not his intent this is bishkaga it was not his intent To fire the gun it was because he failed there was another factor that is something that is an accident but an accident with responsibility this one goes to the city of refuge the other one even though he didn't intend to kill that person his actions come with a greater sense of responsibility and therefore we look and we see in verse five, "For without knowledge, he struck his neighbor. And there's another requirement. It says, velo so hu lo shoshon," that he did not hate, meaning there wasn't bad blood. Here's what the Torah is saying. If there's two people and there's hatred, there's animosity between them. Enmity, and something happens. Well, that that doubt is is not afforded to that person. If there's known animosity, and that person says, "I killed him," but without intent, he he's not given that. So it has to be a situation where there was no animosity, no hatred yesterday and before, meaning in the past. It's an idiom. There was no hatred in the past verse six if all of these requirements are met it wasn't utter recklessness negligence it was truly something without any intent it was not that he intended to fire this way and he did and it struck someone maybe he didn't mean to kill that person but this is not what it means bishkaga it's more of falling and the gun goes off that he never intended it to go that direction he intended to shoot another person but because he fell the gun went off this is the situation we're talking about in that situation look at verse 6 and he will dwell in that city until he stands (coughs) excuse me before the congregation for judgment it reminds us of that he's brought in he stays there until the trial it can be fully investigated for justice and if he stays there if afterwards they view that it is entitled that he's entitled to dwell in the city of refuge he must stay there until the death of the high priest why the death of a righteous one and the high priest is seen as righteous not perfect not like yeshua but someone who is a spiritual authority that when he dies then that one can do something it says that the high priest that will be in his days when this event took place when he died the high priest then the murderer he will return and come to his city into his household so he's under a type of arrest in a city of refuge and again according to the commentators although we'll see in a moment these can be normal cities large significant cities but where the Routier would be would be in a levitical compound why so that he could be protected so he's kind of under house arrest and the levites protect him the Levites can also be Levites or priests now look if you would to verse 7. here we're going to get a list of these six cities we find verse 7 and they sanctified meaning they set apart these cities and the first one was Kadesh in the Galilee so this is not Kadesh Barnea that we've spoken of before but this is a different one Kadesh in the Galilee in the mountain region of Naphtali for the tribe of Naphtali which is indeed in the north and the second city Shechem this is Shechem you may know it by that name in the mountain of Ephraim and the third city is Kiryat Arba which is also known as Hebron in the mountainous region of of Judah verse 8. now these are the three cities let's go through them again we see that they are Kadesh Shem and Kirat Arba or Hebron on the western side of the Jordan River now we look to the eastern side and it tells us in verse 8 and on the other side of the Jordan River and it means east of Jericho so across that Jordan River on the east of Jericho you appoint, and we have Betser, Betzer which is in the desert plain and this belongs to the tribe of Reuven in his allotment of land and also remote which is in Gilead which is for the tribe of god and the third one on the west the sixth in total is golan in bashan bashan is in the golan heights so the golan from the tribe of Manasseh, verse nine our last verse these are the cities that are designated appointed however you want to translate that these are the cities that are designated for all the children of israel and notice it says not just the children of israel but also the the Ger, this is the one who resides not a jew we're not talking about a proselyte we're talking about a gentile who lives not just passing through but in a more permanent way This is the rule, the law, for such a person that dwells in the land. So we see that this is for a citizen and a soldier that's in your midst, that they can flee to flee there for the one, and it means everyone, all that strike a life by accident without intent now realize an accident is not just a pure accident it has responsibility there is culpability and this is what this this passage and especially the Mishnah and the Gemara add to it to help us understand the proper way to to interpret this section both here and Joshua 20 Deuteronomy 19 and Numbers 35. It says at the end, in order that will not be put to death, this one who took a life by, by accident, by, without intent, without uh, uh, knowledge, that he will not be put to death by the hand of the Redeemer of blood. Now, one of the things that we can also emphasize is that dealing with blood is important. And if this one leaves that compound among the Levites, according to the commentators, go out from that place without outside the borders of the city, then he can be avenged. That Goel, that Redeemer, can put him to death. But as long as he's there, the Redeemer of blood cannot kill him. And this should be unto his place unto his stance before the congregation this is the way it should be among the congregation of the children of israel so very significant that we see early on with the land settling in the days of joshua in this book it was important enough to put the cities of refuge as one chapter in giving Joshua instructions on how to manage, administrate the land of of promise, the land of Israel. Now, one of the things that's interesting, and I'll conclude with this, is that it tells us in the book of Deuteronomy that in the last days, when, when the Lord will give you rest from all your enemies. That you will appoint these three other cities now remember these are on the eastern side although they were told to do it according to tradition it had never been done the three on the west yes but the three on the east they knew them they were designated but they never were able to do that and that's something that's going to happen in the last days more specifically the millennial kingdom now the question is this why would we need cities of refuge when messiah is ruling well he rules according to the torah and therefore every aspect of the torah is going to be in force in the millennial kingdom and we believers are going to be ruling and reigning with him therefore we're going to rule in light of the torah revelation now again why do we need cities of refuge in the millennial kingdom well remember what messiah said we need to understand the law the commandments not just according to the letter but according to the spirit now i can tell you right now that i have never physically murdered someone i have not broken that commandment but When I look at that same commandment, thou shalt not murder, and I look at the teachings of Messiah that says, if I have hatred in my heart, if I called someone a fool, if I spoke in that derogatory way, then I'm guilty of that. So in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be a fulfillment of the intent. So not just a physical killing, but having malice in your heart is is going to do that now i have good news when you and i are there in the melino kingdom we're going to be in that new body we're not going to have the capacity to do sin so it won't be us it'll be those who came to faith after the rapture of both israel and the nations and there's going to be a increase in other words we're going to look at the law under the perspective of grace which makes it more restrictive more stringent and for those of us who are alive today in this body we need to know the law so that we can understand how to apply the law under grace now too many people think that that grace and the law are in conflict with one another no that is not the case It is the grace of God that gives me the Spirit of God, that Holy Spirit. And it's He, the Holy Spirit, that empowers me to walk in the Spirit so I can fulfill the righteousness of the law. So grace is not in conflict. It's the grace of God that causes me to be saved, causes me to become that new creation, and causes me to agree with the perspective of God and apply His standards under the law of grace to my life that I just don't want to fulfill the letter of the law, but the spirit of law, the intent. That's what we're called to do as believers, true disciples of our Lord and Savior, Messiah. Well, I'll conclude now until next week. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others.